The LA Clippers season is underway, and the first game against the Lakers wasn't pretty, but they came out with the win. How did they get the W after turning the ball over 22 times? I'm going to go over that in our first post-game episode of Locked On Clippers with me as your host. Let's get it. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day. Your team every day. Today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. And remember, I'm your host, Darian Viziri, 18 years a Clipper fan, this being the first game of year 18. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I just went live after the Clippers Laker game, right before recording this on my YouTube channel. So go check that out for an uncensored raw reaction. And of course, to subscribe to Locked On Clippers and let me know what you thought of the game tonight. Who was your player of the game in the first game of the season? Clippers and Lakers, going to be talking about it all. And in my opinion, the Clippers did not play very well tonight. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't think the Clippers played well tonight at all. Ty Lue just came out in the press conference and said the Clippers did not play well. The final score was 103-97, to but it didn't come without a lot of hiccups. And considering the way the Lakers played in their first game against the Warriors. I really expected the Clippers to come out and beat them up, honestly. But you know it's the first game of the season, and it's not always going to go the way you plan. There's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be some rust, and there clearly was for the Clippers. And the first thing I need to say right off the bat is the starting lineup decision. So after all the anticipation with the point guard thing, it was Reggie Jackson who won that starting spot over John Wall. Which, of course, that's subject to change as well. But the main surprise tonight was that Kawhi Leonard did not start. He came off the bench. And it took a while before we saw him come into the game. And Norman Powell started in his place. And ultimately, it was a very sloppy game. The score was tied at halftime. And it was a game of runs. You know, the Clippers went up by 16. The Lakers came back. The Lakers ended up taking the lead in the fourth quarter. And then slowly but surely, the Clippers kind of overcame that. And it's an important thing to win when you don't play well. And the Clippers didn't play well, and they still won the game. So that's a really relieving sign and an encouraging sign. Because you just know the Clippers are going to play better than that. And it's they still got the win at the end of the day. A big reason the Clippers didn't really play well. Paul George. You know, when Kawhi Leonard is getting limited minutes and is coming off the bench, you expect Paul George to be that man. And he was not that man tonight. I thought that he just came out with the wrong attitude in terms of the kind of shots he was looking to get. The Lakers played Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook and Austin Reeves on this guy all night long. And he just didn't seem to take advantage of it in terms of his size. And when he tried to dribble against them at the top of the key, it just felt like a lot of dribbling, not enough making a move. And every time he tried to make a move, it was calling for a screen. And that would bring the Lakers' best defender, Anthony Davis, into the picture. And the first two attacking possessions for Paul George, 
just showed what I said on Locked On Lakers, Locked On Clippers crossover uh, in le- yesterday's episode. That Patrick Beverly may not be able to guard wings the whole season, but he can have good games agitating wings. And today he agitated Paul George. You saw what Patrick Beverly does on defense for the Lakers tonight. First possession that Paul George gets the ball. Mid-range area. Shoots over him. Misses short. No problem with that. Next possession. Comes off a screen. Patrick Beverly blocks him from behind. And Clipper fans, how many times have we seen Patrick Beverly navigating over a screen and blocking a guy from behind? He did it to Paul George. And Paul just did not really have a good shooting night. Shot a lot of tough threes, long threes. Never seemed to get an easy basket. And he did make the three at the end of the first quarter. Put the Clippers up 12. And ultimately, the way the Clippers won the game is because they were just deeper than the Lakers. And you obviously, when you have Kawhi Leonard and John Wall coming off the bench making their returns, you're going to be deeper than most teams. And Kawhi Leonard's obviously not going to come off the bench going forward. But... I was just wondering when this guy was going to come in the game. And in the second quarter, midway through, he came in. And for him to come out and hit both of his shots right away, his first two shots, was insane. I mean, what a welcome sign that was for Kawhi Leonard after a year off to hit both his shots. Mid-range cash against Juan Toscano Anderson in the post. Turn around over the left shoulder on that second one. It was a beauty. And John Wall really was one of the biggest reasons the Clippers won tonight. He was able to knock down mid-range shots. I mean, his first basket for the Clippers, his first shot was a mid-range over Austin Reeves, and it was contested, and it went in. And obviously, we've talked about the pace that John Wall brings. He had some good moments of showing that in this game. But overall, he just gave the Clippers a scoring punch that they needed. And in my opinion, the player of the game, though, was Ivica Zubac. He wasn't great defending in drop coverage at times in the pick and roll. I think Anthony Davis got a couple easy baskets in the first half. And Anthony Davis had 25 points, which you wouldn't have even been able to tell he had 25 points. That's how effortless it can be for the guy sometimes. But he was causing some problems in that pick and roll in the first half where Zoo was kind of struggling with it. And Zubats really matched up with AD in terms of he was mainly out there when AD was out there. Other than that, Clippers went small. And I didn't think the small ball worked out as well as anticipated. And I'll explain why. But if it's a Zubats, especially in the second half, he really made a huge impact. And it was the third quarter that the Clippers had the most success, not based on the actual score in, the, in each quarter, because technically the best quarter in point, terms of point difference for the Clippers was the first, 35-23. to 23, They won that one, and that was because they ended it pretty well with the depth coming in. With Again, it was the 11-man rotation I mentioned, but it was Terrence Mann tonight. That was the odd man out in terms of getting the least amount of minutes. Luke Kennard had 25 minutes or 24 minutes. John Wall played 25. Kawhi had 21 played. Robert Covington, 14. Nico Batum, 10. Terrence Mann, only 6. So it's going to be tough, you know, to balance all that. But when the Clippers bench came in, you just knew they had a little bit more class than the Lakers bench. I mean, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano, Anderson, and Matt Ryan versus Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, John Wall, Kawhi Leonard, Robert Covington, and Nico Batum. So there's no comparison really there. And the Clippers started to create separation at the end of that first quarter. But the third quarter was really where they made a run and put the game up to 16, but they didn't end the quarter well. And the Lakers got it within eight going into the fourth. 
But one thing you saw in that third quarter was Ivica Zubac. His block shots, his help defense was fantastic. Anytime a Clipper got beat, he was there for the help. He had five blocks in this game and a career-high 17 rebounds. Six of those being offensive rebounds, and he didn't miss a shot. He was 6-for-6, finished everything at the rim on those rolls. Zubats was huge. In my opinion, the player of the game, but you can also make an argument for John Wall. 14 points and 17 rebounds in 35 minutes for Zoo. And the biggest thing, 35 minutes. I kept talking about how the Clippers are going to play so small. Zoo's not going to get that many minutes. He won't actually increase his minute total, even though he's the only true center that's going to be in the Clipper rotation. But tonight he played 35 minutes. And that could be mainly because the Lakers' major threat is Anthony Davis. But a good sign to see Ivica Zubats have such a good game to start the season. And it got nervy. I mean, the Lakers did take the lead. But when they had to stagger LeBron James and Anthony Davis in that fourth quarter, LeBron sat till about the five-minute mark. The Clippers slowly just... It, it, the Clippers had an easier time getting stops because the Lakers don't really have that many threats. And that was another thing that stuck out again from the Lakers tonight. You know, the Clippers didn't shoot very well from three, nine for 29. It took a lot of bad ones as well contested ones but the Lakers shot nine for 45 from deep after a terrible shooting night against the Warriors they topped that I don't understand why they shoot so many threes when they're not good at them the Clippers are leaving certain guys open for them particularly Russell Westbrook who was 0 for 6 from deep tonight and 0 for 11 in the game and only finished with two points he played some really good defense especially fronting Kawhi Leonard in the post and getting some interceptions in that fourth quarter, but he did not hit any shots, and the Clippers were begging him to shoot those threes, and he took the bait, and John Wall made a big shot to put the Clippers up 99-93 in that fourth quarter, and then with the score, I think it was 101-97, to or I'm sorry, I think it was 95-99, to it was a four-point game, let's put it that way, and Kawhi Leonard came off a pin down with a minute left and knocked down the dagger over LeBron James. It was a decent contest, but for Kawhi Leonard to make the big shot when the Clippers needed it was such a great sign to see, and I don't think the Clippers win the game tonight without Kawhi Leonard. I think he came in in the fourth quarter and bailed the Clippers out with his mid-range. Just catching the ball in the mid-range area was threatening. They had to double. They had to pay him that extra attention. There was one play where the Clippers took the lead. He missed a turnaround, got his own rebound, a rebound the Lakers should have come up with, Kicked it out to Reggie Jackson for the go-ahead three to make the Clippers take the lead at 92-89, right under the seven-minute mark. And then Kawhi also had a nice bank shot shortly after to put the Clippers up four when a double team came at him. But the big shot at the end to put the Clippers up 101-95 with 52 seconds left was ultimately the dagger. Even though Lonnie Walker came back and scored on the other end, the Clippers, John Wall, didn't have a great possession after that, killing clock, but he took a bad shot. However, he took so much time off the clock, the Lakers were down four with 10 seconds left, and that was that. But I'm going to be going in more depth about how the Clippers really won the game, the true story of the game and the sequence of events, and how they managed to win the game, turn the ball over 22 times and missing so many free throws. Going to be talking about all that coming up. You know where you can make a bet on tomorrow's basketball games or any basketball games or any baseball game? You can go to BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your betting information, whether it be football, basketball, soccer, 
it doesn't matter. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game tomorrow, Friday, or today, I should say. The Miami Heat against the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are minus 2.5. I would take that because the Miami Heat lost to the Chicago Bulls at home in their first game, and the Celtics beat the 76ers. So I would put my money on the Celtics. Remember, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. The World Cup is a month away. Get ready. MLB playoffs heading into the home stretch. So make your bets on that. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Remember, thanks for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day. But for the second listen, game to game, make sure to listen to Locked On Big Ten or Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across any of your favorite leagues with local analysts and analysis that only Locked On can deliver. But anyway, back to the Clippers. So let's just start with the start of the game. I thought that Paul George was not being aggressive enough taking advantage of mismatches. Both teams were playing drop coverage with their centers. Anthony Davis dropping, Ivica Zubats dropping. I thought the Lakers had some success putting eight, uh, Zubats in the pick and roll. AD got some easy buckets. Norman Powell, one thing I've noticed about him, he's kind of a foul baiter a little bit. He looks to get fouls and he's good at drawing them. But I think tonight he's sometimes focused a little bit too much on drawing that foul. And he did get to the line seven times. But one thing I noticed about him in the playing game, he needs to get better at free throws. Four for seven from the line for him. I mean, he's a guard with a good jump shot. He should be making five free throws at least out of seven. And needs to continue to make free throws, especially if he's going to get to the line at a frequent rate. And I think he will. Marcus Morris, though was one of the bright spots for the Clippers tonight. And you guys shouldn't be surprised. He played great in the preseason. He hit the first basket of the Clippers season tonight with a three. And he was hitting his patented contested mid-range, hitting tough shots, even shots where he'd pump fake and the defender wouldn't bite and he'd still shoot over them. Remember, the Lakers just have smaller defenders. So he had guys like Beverly, like Reeves, where he could just shoot over them and he took advantage. He had 14 points and four boards on five and nine shooting in 23 minutes. And the Clippers ended the quarter well. As I said, John Wall kick-started that a little bit, and Luke Kennard made some open shots. Kennard had 14 points. To, I'm sorry, 11 points. Kennard had 11 points tonight on 4 of 6 shooting and picked up right where he left off in the preseason with 3 for 3 from deep. And yeah, the Clippers closed out the first quarter well to lead at 35-23. I thought in the second quarter, though, that's when they started to get really, really, really sloppy. And a lot of contested threes were being taken. And you saw an adjustment for the Lakers. So people might be wondering, why did the Clippers play such isolation basketball? And there's a big reason to that. When the Clippers play small, they don't have a true center that can take advantage of a smaller guy guarding them. So when you play five wing players, Nico Batum and Robert Covington aren't the type to take advantage of mismatches. So for example, if Patrick Beverly or Kendrick Nunn or Lonnie Walker or Austin Reeves get switched onto Robert Covington and Nico Batum, they're not going to go in like the post and ask for the ball. There's no mismatch there. So you're having to play one-on-one basketball. 
And that's what was happening for the Clippers. They wanted to set these small, small pick and rolls or pick and pops where there were even times where Luke Kennard would come set a ghost screen, as they call it, where he acts like he's going to set the screen. And before he makes contact, he slips. And there were times where Paul George just was not hitting him fast enough. I just couldn't believe what I was seeing from him. His lack of care of taking care of the ball is not just a problem tonight. And it's been a problem in big playoff games, Phoenix Conference Finals, for example, and of course the bubble. And I don't want to be negative about Paul George. I obviously think he's going to have a great season, and I still stand by my take that he's going to be the best Clipper player the first 20 to 30 games. Maybe 20, looking considering the way Kawhi Leonard played. But he needs to take care of the ball. And he's had those problems in big playoff games, losing the ball in big moments. He needs to be very careful with those live ball turnovers and just not being too loosey-goosey with the handle, making quicker decisions, catching the ball in better spots where he doesn't have to dribble so much. And there were a couple of times where he missed Luke Kennard on that short roll. But when the Clippers tried going to that stuff a lot, the Lakers were switching the non-AD screens and even some of the Anthony Davis screens. But later in that second quarter, you saw a lot of switching, which was making the Clippers play isolation basketball. And that's where you have to rely on your best ISO players. But one of them just came off an ACL tear. So when Paul George is playing that poorly, you got to look to John Wall, Norman Powell to create shots. And you just don't expect Paul George to play that poorly, point blank. It's just when teams are going to switch everything, it's going to force isolation basketball. And you're going to need your star players to create. And Kawhi Leonard did his part, in my opinion, based off of what we expected of him coming off an ACL tear. But Paul George just was not good enough. And that's why the game was tied going into halftime. A lot of turnovers from around the team, a lot of missed shots, and a lot of bad threes. For example, Robert Covington. You know, I I mentioned this in preseason, but there are times where he'll take threes and act like a guy that's guarding him is not actually guarding him, as if he's open. But there's a guy right in front of his face. He shot two threes tonight and missed them both. He was 0 for 3, didn't score. But he did have some decent moments on defense, some nice deflections, a nice block from behind in the second half. But Robert Covington needs to be a little bit smarter with his shot selection, in my opinion. Just... The Clippers have shot some of the best three-point percentage in the NBA the last couple of years. And in my opinion, that's because they take the right threes. They don't go crazy and take so many threes like those Jazz teams did a couple of years ago. They take the right threes. And I think if they continue to take the right threes and not force it, they will be one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league again. I think shooting 9 for 29 tonight is just a bad shooting night. But there weren't there were some really bad threes taken. So there's not a secret why they shot poorly. And Robert Covington is just one example. Reggie Jackson as well. I mean, he started tonight, but he did a lot of dilly-dallying on the ball again. Just too much dribbling, waiting a while to get into the set. If you're going to set a screen, why wait till there's time on the shot clock to get into that pick and roll? Unless you're really confusing the defense with great off-ball stuff going on, and the Clippers didn't do that. In fact, the Clippers are very stagnant off the ball, some guys. There were times where Paul George or Kawhi were doubled in the post, and the guy on the opposite side of the court is just waiting at the three-point line instead of, being, instead of seeing the gap right in the middle of the court to cut. And there was one time where Juan Toscano Anderson made a very nice cut, and LeBron found him for a dunk that cut the game to two, where you saw that little Warriors effect, you know, cutting without the ball. Marcus Morris, Paul George, at times they would just sit on the three-point line And yes, the Clippers can still create a good shot moving the ball like that, but why not cut to the middle when it's open? I just think off-ball movement for certain guys is a very lost art in today's game. But Clippers go into the half tied with the Lakers because of sloppiness and stagnant offense. And then the third quarter, you saw them make a run, and I talked about it. If it's the Zubats taking advantage of the Lakers, missing shots, 
The Clippers just playing better defense. Paul George did hit a three, a deep one to start the third quarter. But Marcus Morris was hitting shots. And Zubats was really playing well. But it was really when Anthony Davis had a tough tumble. Kawhi Leonard checked back in like middle of the third quarter. And he pump faked. And Anthony Davis fell on the ground and hurt his back for a second. And when he came out of the game, the Clippers really took advantage and went on that 13-0 run and took a 16-point lead, 81-65. But the Lakers weathered the storm. And again, sloppiness from the Clippers, missing free throws. They didn't end the quarter well, and the Lakers did. And they led by 85-77 going into the fourth quarter. And Patrick Beverly... He did some good things tonight. He had his agitation, but he and Russell Westbrook could not make an open three to save their lives. And there were so many times where the Lakers could have made that big momentum three to get the crowd going nuts and really take the lead and really put the Clippers against the momentum, and they just didn't make those timely shots. Russell Westbrook shot six threes and missed them all, and that was by design. The Clippers wanted to shoot threes. Patrick Beverly, a much better three-point shooter, as Clipper fans know very well, but he was one for seven from the field and one for six from deep. There was even one time in the fourth quarter where Zubats got the rebound, he poked the ball away, had a wide-open three in the right corner, and missed short. A lot of them were short. And then Luke Kennard came down the other way and hit a three to make the Clippers uh, put the Clippers up 95-91. So Pat Bev, Juan Toscano-Anderson, various guys on the, on the, on the Lakers— had opportunities to take the lead with a three, and they just didn't take advantage. So the Clippers are lucky that they played a team without shooting because there were just too many open threes given up, and I think a large reason is because of the turnovers. So at the end of the day, main takeaways, 22 turnovers for the Clippers. They have to do without that. A lot of sloppiness, moving the ball faster, stop dribbling so much. But at the same time, it's just the first game. It's going to take some time, even though the Clippers are a team that knows each other, and that's why I'm being harsher on them. You might be thinking, dude, you're overreact, you're overreacting. Maybe a little, but I'm going to hold this team to a high standard, guys. They, they're expected to win the championship, and I want them to get 60 wins. And by the way, they did get one step closer to that tonight, 59 to go, but the habits, the turnovers, it's not a new thing. We've seen that in the past, the Clippers. We've seen them take bad three-pointers when teams switch everything. They need to continue to execute, continue to try to battle. And Paul George needs to try to get to the basket. Kawhi Leonard has an excuse. He just came off an ACL tear. But the positions in which Kawhi gets the ball mid-post, he can back down and get closer to the basket. Paul George settles far too much for my liking. And he really just needs to make better decisions if the Clippers are going to win the championship. But 22 turnovers were really big. And then free throws for the Clippers, 20 for 31. That's only 64.5%. Lakers shot 84.6% from the line. And they also only turned the ball over nine times. So despite the fact that the Clippers shot 46% and the Lakers shot 35, the Lakers shot 94 times to the Clippers 80. So 14 extra shot attempts. They shot better from the line. That's why the game was close. So the Clippers need to be careful giving them so many second possessions. As for the turnover count, I'll read it off. John Wall, three. Luke Kennard, zero. Kawhi Leonard, two. One of them was a travel that I thought was a foul on Westbrook, but whatever. Paul George, five. Two from Reggie, four from Zoo, four from Norman Powell, and one from Senior. But overall, all that matters is the win. And even though the Clippers only scored 18 points in the fourth quarter, it was enough to get the job done. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about some final things. Anyone I didn't mention from the game, any big plays that I forgot about, going to be closing out from this first 
Clipper win coming up. Okay, time to close out the show. Thankfully, a W for the Clippers, even though, again, it was not pretty. I thought I, and I'm going to be honest, and this is not going to be my negativity every game. This is just my observation. I thought there was a lot more bad than good, but the good, the great, is that the Clippers won. And the really big signs, the great performance from Ivica Zubats, finishing around the rim, great help defense, great rebounding. John Wall looking fantastic. And by the way, on that topic, I think it's only a matter of time before he starts over Reggie Jackson because as great as Reggie is, as much of a cult hero as he's become with Clipperland, John Wall's just a far better player. And I don't think that he'll take the ball away from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to the point where it's detrimental. I think there were times today late in the game where he was getting a little too ball dominant, particularly that, particularly that last possession where he dribbled out the entire clock and shot a contested three when the Clippers should have given the ball to Kawhi. But... He'll learn. He'll adapt. Again, he's getting used to things as well, playing with the team of this caliber and playing with players that are better than him. He's never really played with players that are better than him like that in the NBA. On Washington, he was the man. So he will adjust. I think he still deserves to start. Will it happen against Sacramento in the next game? I don't think so. I think it'll just take a couple of games. But Reggie Jackson, if he wants to start, he needs to move the ball faster and stop dribbling so much. Because when Paul George, Norman Powell, and Reggie just dribble a lot, it just kind of feels like take turnsy and not fluid ball movement. And that's one thing with Ty Lue the Clippers have really prided themselves on is moving the ball and not having it stick. And they got to continue to do that. But the role players, the Rokos, the Nikos, I won't be too concerned. As far as the switch everything, when I mentioned the flaw at the top of the show, the flaw was that teams can switch everything on the Clippers on the other end of the floor because there's no Zubat to take advantage of a mismatch on the glass or in the low post. So Kawhi and Paul George need to try to target weaker defenders and put them in the pick and roll. And that's what they got to try to do. So I think the Clippers will adjust. They said they didn't have a great game. As far as the Terrence Mann situation, I really hope that you know, you'll get more minutes, but I think that'll come as guys load manage, and I think Kawhi will load manage on Saturday against the Kings. But overall, the Clippers didn't shoot well from three, nine for 29, didn't shoot well from the free throw line, 64.5%. I mean, Ivica Zubac, two for four. Norman Powell, four for seven. Reggie Jackson, one for two. Kawhi, I mean, John Wall, one for three. Kawhi Leonard, one for two. Nico Batum, one for two. Got to make some of these. Some of these guys got to go two for two, make two free throws. Marcus Morris was the only guy that made every free throw he took. And he was, I'm sorry, Covington too. Covington was two for two. Senior was three for three from the line. So Clippers get the job done. Big time win. As far as the Lakers, I mean, Anthony Davis had 25 points and it felt so quiet. I think he, he did some really good things, but same thing as the Warriors game. He kind of fizzled out in the second half. And I think Anthony Davis is a really, really good player. But I think sometimes he just kind of lacks that, let me take over this game. LeBron, I have to say, I think he had one of his better games against the Clippers since putting on that Laker jersey. He had really good defensive moments, and I've always said about this team that even though he's older, if LeBron James plays good defense, it's a trickle-down effect because everybody else is younger than him. And when you see a guy with that much mileage putting that effort on defense like he was putting on tonight, I mean, he took a stab at everybody. He guarded Kawhi, guarded Senior, blocked Paul George on help defense. He was fighting over screens. He really had that intensity to him on defense, especially especially in that third quarter. And I think that really makes a difference. I think the Laker defense was really good. And I think the Lake, uh, we got to give them credit as Clipper fans. They played better defense tonight. Darvin Ham has, a, has the right idea. 
And Lonnie Walker also, I need to mention, he had 26 points. That's not what we saw against the Warriors, but Lonnie Walker is kind of their Malik Monk replacement. He's going to be able to go off on a given night. And tonight was one of those nights. He had 26 points, 9 for 21 from the field, and was a part of that run. But the biggest thing was the Clippers withstanding that run. John Wall making a big shot to put the Clippers up 6. Reggie Jackson making a big three to put the Clippers up three a couple minutes before that off a Kawhi offensive rebound. And I just really liked what I saw from Kawhi. He looked fairly aggressive. And in the minutes that he played, I thought he was really solid. So let me read the stat lines for everybody before we close out tonight. Starting with the bench, Terrence Mann didn't even get a shot off. Had a donut, zero points. Nico Batum was the second least played Clipper. He played only 10 minutes and also didn't get a shot off. So that's disappointing, but it'll come for him. 1.5 rebounds for him. Not much to say. Robert Covington, 14 minutes. He had 2 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. Shot 0 for 3 and 0 for 2 from deep. Again, can take better shots, but some good activity on D. And then Kawhi Leonard, 21 minutes. 14 points and 7 boards. It was really good to see him rebound like that. 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 turnovers. He was plus 5 when he was on the court. 6 for 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. The three-pointer, it looked like they were all short. He needs to get his legs back underneath him, and he will. But the mid-range looked good. The handle looked good. His movement looked pretty good. 6 of 12 for him to shoot 50% in his first game back and play in crunch time. Great signs. I would be, I'm would be. i so excited to see him on Sunday. I really hope he plays against the Suns. It's been a while. I haven't seen him play since the game he got injured. That's a vlog, by the way. You can check that out on my channel on Dime Dropper, but... The, the most uh, the two highest played be- highest paid highest played bench players tonight for the Clippers Luke Kennard with 24 minutes he had 11 points four of six from the field three for three from deep which is no surprise I think he's gonna shoot like 50 percent from three this season not even an exaggeration and he made a big one to put the Clippers up 95 91 and then John Wall 25 minutes off the bench ended up playing two more minutes than Reggie and he had 15 points four rebounds three assists one steal. He was 7 for 15 from the field with a lot of those being mid-range jumpers, which was awesome to see. He was 0 for 4 from deep. So, I mean, I'd hope he makes more threes as the season goes on, and I think he will. But he shot 7 for 11 from 2, which is awesome. 1 of 3 from the line, so he could have done better there. And then the starters. Reggie Jackson played 23 minutes. Wasn't great for me. 8 points, 4 assists, 3 for 9 from the field, 1 for 3 from deep, and missed a free throw out of only 2 attempts. Marcus Morris, I already said, 14 points, 4 boards, 5 and 9 from the field. 1 for 3 from deep in 23 minutes. He did his part, so so far so good for Marcus Morris. No terrible defensive moments either. I mean, he got blown by by LeBron one time, but like it's LeBron James. And then Norman Powell, not a great game from him. Needs to be a little bit calmer and let the game come to him a little bit more. 9 points, 4 rebounds on 2 for 8 shooting, 1 for 3 from deep, and 4 for 7 from the line. We're going to need a better performance against Sacramento, especially if Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. And then Zubats, my player of the game, 14 points, 17 rebounds on 6 of 6 shooting, 6 of those being offensive rebounds, and 5 blocks. He was plus 13. And funny enough, the guy with the highest plus minus, which again is, shows why single game plus minus is not the best stat, Paul George, 15 points. One thing I will say he did well, rebound. He had 10 rebounds, 4 assists, but he had 5 turnovers, so more turnovers than assists. He was 4 for 12 from the field, which is only 33%, and 2 for 7 from 3. Going to need much better from Paul George. Much more focus, more aggression, and being smarter. And I think we will see that against the Kings. But thanks for joining me tonight. 
or today, whenever you're listening. Really appreciate it. Make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show. And tell me who your player of the game was in the comments. Remember to subscribe to Locked On Clippers. It's the fastest way to grow the show. We finally hit 900 subscribers. Everybody give a hit in the comment section. So that means we only got one big goal left. Or actually, one big short-term goal left. 1,000. Let's get to 1K. The monetization is right there. Want to know, ladies and gentlemen, I know this sounded like a lot of doom and gloom, but it was just a game review. It does not indicate what's going to happen going forward. I think the Clippers will only get better. But enjoy the win. Enjoy the expectations. I know they're high. And I know it's easy to get frustrated when the team doesn't play perfectly. But the Clippers still got the job done and are 1-0, which means they are undefeated until Saturday, which hopefully they go 2-0 at Sacramento. I'll have an episode before that as well with... Locked on Kings. That's coming out tomorrow. Make sure to check it out. Peace out, everybody. And you know the age-old proverb. We're 1-0. Go Clippers.